What's up, Badger fans? We have a commitment to talk about. We have a bowl game. We have a potential coach leaving. We got a lot to chop up on today's Locked On Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Badgers. Thank you for making this your first listen every day. Greatly appreciate everybody that tunes in as always. We get a lot to talk about, but first, today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, let's start with the big news, and we, we got to play it when we get it. Fire the recruiting cannons. Another one is headed to Madison on Wisconsin. The portal season has commenced, and the Badgers draw first blood. Now, the, I'll, I did have some people wonder, well, how, how can he commit to the Badgers? The, the portal doesn't officially open until tomorrow. And by the way, expect expect a lot of movement for the Badgers incoming, outgoing. It is going to be an ex- interesting and an exciting portal season. Um, but Leon Lowry, the 6'3"-ish, 240-pound outside linebacker for Syracuse, is able to jump in the portal and commit because his head coach, uh, Syracuse, fired their head coach. If that is the case, you are immediately able to enter the portal and commit to another program. That's why he's able to get a jump on it. Uh, let's talk about Let's start with the player, Leon Lowry. Um, as a soft, redshirt sophomore last year, he had 46 tackles, 7.5 for loss, 3.5 sacks. He's going to be an outside linebacker. has a couple years of eligibility left. Um, when you watch the film, I know somebody in our Discord posted kind of a quick cut-up film, and I apologize for not having the name of who did that. Um, I had it, and I, I forgot to write it down. He looks violent, like fast, physical. Um, he he looks like a, a defender who brings a little bit of juice to this defense, that's this Badgers defense. I expect him to compete and probably start right away next year. Um, he looks like a big kind of fast, physical linebacker, definitely violent at the point of contact. Um yeah, I think it's a good pickup. And one of the things Justin and I are going to do a bigger show on this, but one of the things we've talked about is the portal isn't just about adding stars, right? Um, I think at times, and I've gone back and forth with someone on our subtext as well, I think at times people are a little unfairly down on last year's portal class coming in. When in reality is if you look at a lot of those players, they added depth in spots, even if they weren't stars, guys like Petroisky and Maytree. You know, players like Huber, even if they're not stars, Bryson Green, they played because they elevated their positions added depth. I think at a minimum, Lowry's a guy who comes in, he adds depth to the outside linebacker spot, he makes it better. And I think he's, he's probably a starter with his size. First of all, he's not coming here if he doesn't think he's going to play a lot. I think with his size, he's a legitimate 240. He runs well. He was really coming on last year, had a bit of a breakout year, Tackled looks like he tackles well in space, uh, some clips of him dropping into coverage, some clips of him rushing the passer. He had two or three hits on his highlight film. And I granted it's a highlight film. I'm only seeing the best of what he does. Like that's a very fair point before someone points it out. That is true. But he's had two or three hits on that, that I don't know. I don't know if a Badgers outside linebacker made this year where he's in the flat and he blows somebody up. I I don't know if gets Peterson, Caden Johnson. I don't know if Petroisky made any of those plays this year, really. And I'm sure there's one or two, but I think he brings something from an athletic standpoint. So I think it's a big get. And you look at that room next year, that outside linebacker room specifically, what's there? That is an empty cupboard, right? CJ Getz, who had, I think, four sacks this year. He's gone. 
Listen, TJ Bowlers couldn't get on the field. I think Daryl Peterson, for whatever reason, is just not clicking. Like he came in a highly hyped prospect. It hasn't clicked. Caden Johnson played behind him. Petroisky was okay. Um, again, CJ gets is gone. There, there's a big hole in that spot. Uh, there's several big holes in that spot. Now you're bringing in Heiberger. You're bringing in uh, Anello Lafaele. Anello Lafaele. Both those are freshmen, though. It's hard to. I don't know what you're going to expect out of those guys immediately. So I think this is a huge position to need. The Badgers strike early. They get somebody who, at a minimum, is going to add to the depth at that spot. I think this is a good get for the portal. I think this is how you want to attack the portal. You want to find fits as early as possible. You want to bring them in. And to some degree, and I've talked about this on the quarterback side, and this isn't necessarily the quarterback show, but to some degree, it's about just getting bodies, getting more talent into the spots, figure it out later, get more athletes, figure it out later. That's what Lowry is. He's an athletic dude. You're going to get him in and you're going to figure it out later. And I think when you look at his film, you look at what uh, kind of the athletic profile that he brings in, what is the biggest need on this front seven, on this defense, maybe on this team? What is the biggest need? Disruption in the front seven. I think that's probably the biggest need on this team, period, is disruption in the front seven. And this is a guy who can come in and potentially give you a little bit of that. Uh, I'm excited for it. I think it's a good start to the portal. It's it's not like a home run, and it's not guaranteed he's going to come in next year and have eight, nine sacks. But I think he he gives you another athletic body on the edge, and that's what you need. You need more athletic bodies in the front seven. So Leon Lowry coming in, I think it's a great start to the portal, which, again, kicks off tomorrow. It is going to be crazy. All right, what else is going on? Um, this is kind of the news dump edition right now. And then coming up next, we're going to get into – we have a bunch coming up today. We're going to get into some players that I think the Badgers need to keep it from the portal, some of your comments. But let's talk about Badgers LSU. The bowl game has been announced. They're going to play against LSU SEC in the ReliaQuest Bowl. These names, man. Does anyone even know what ReliaQuest does? I didn't. I looked it up for you. ReliaQuest is a force multiplier of security operations. Our security operations platform, Gray Matter, automates detection, investigation, and response across cloud endpoint and on-premises tools and applications. They're an IT company. That's what ReliQuest is, just so you have that knowledge in your brain. Um, do I like this matchup? Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a New Year's Day game. They play January 1st, uh, 12 Eastern. That's fun. I like the day games on New Year's. It gives me something to look forward to. I can watch all the other bowl games kind of during the season and <clears throat> still have my Badgers game to look forward to. It's a big-name quality SEC opponent, opponent with real players. Who knows who will play, right? There's going to be guys on LSU that probably sit out getting ready for draft prep. There's probably going to be guys in the Badgers that sit out. We've already seen Braylon Allen sit out for draft prep. But I like I like it. It's a fun matchup. LSU is a real team. They're a name brand. you got a January 1st game. That's about as much as you can expect out of a seven-win team. So solid, right? Solid. Um, in other news, the Badgers look like they're potentially losing their receivers. Coach Mike Brown, that popped on Twitter today. Nothing official that I've seen, but it looks like Notre Dame is – is going to bring Mike Brown from Madison to South Bend. That's annoying. I, it, it, it frustrates me because this team desperately needs coaching continuity. I think Mike Brown is a good coach. He, he didn't necessarily blow it up in the recruiting side of it. He's not somebody who I'd look at and say, oh, my gosh, you can't lose a Mike Brown. But this team needs desperately, it needs coaching continuity. They've had so many different coaches over the last several years across every positional group. These guys need a consistent voice, and it's – it's not helpful to continue to lose assistance, to change our head coaches. Um, and by the way, Notre Dame, F off. Like, leave us alone, for gosh sake. Um, so, yeah, that looks like it's happening. I'm not thrilled by it. It does give this staff a chance to go out and, you know, certainly bring in a different receiver coach, maybe somebody with a little more recruiting chops. But 
uh, I'm not thrilled with it because I think more importantly than that, even the, this this group of players needs some some consistency in the coaching room and they shuffling guys out continually. And this is not Luke Fickle's fault. Well, I, when I say shuffling guys out, it's I mean Notre Dame came in. Notre Dame's a bigger name brand than Wisconsin. Coaching at Notre Dame is probably a bigger deal than coaching at Wisconsin, but it kind of stinks. All right, coming up, we're going to talk about five players who I think the Badgers need to keep, have to re-recruit. The guys, that's the thing with the portal is it's not just about bringing guys in. You don't have to re-recruit your own guys. These are some of the key guys the Badgers are going to have to work to keep in this transfer cycle. That's coming up next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show over at LinkedIn. Uh, we've talked about it. These days, every new hire is a big deal. You have to nail the hires you make as a hiring manager, as a company, because a bad hire can sink can sink in a department. It can sink a project. You have to get those right. That's why LinkedIn is here. It is the number one hiring platform. Small businesses continue to rank it number one compared to competitors. And it's number one for a reason, right? It's fast. It's incredibly easy to use. It is the largest professional network in the world. You can find everybody you're looking for, all the tools, profiles, resumes, certifications, all laid out. Our company uses it. I use it to build my professional network. They have screening tools to keep the schlubs out of the door. No business coming to your interview. Those dudes aren't, don't got it. Just get the right people in front of you. You save time. And if you save time, you save money. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, let's continue going here. Let's let's talk about what I think is an underrated aspect of the, the transfer portal, right? When the portal starts, the lead up to the portal, it's like you're car shopping, right? As a fan, you're looking at every dealer's lot. You're looking at Carvana not a sponsor of the show. Car Guru is not a sponsor of the show. But you're looking at all these other places and you're like, oh, we could buy this. We could get that. We need two of those. Give me that that Hyundai Santa Fe. Go ahead and give me one of those Land Rovers over there. But you also have to keep your own guys, right? This is the biggest part. of. And I've talked to, you know, some some scouts, some coaches, even some players. The, the fact that now you have to continue to re-recruit your own guys is the most underrated and maybe the most painful aspect of this for coaching staffs. So here's a couple of guys that I think are key that the Badgers need to keep re-recruiting. You have to keep your own guys in addition to adding the other talent. The first one's Ricardo Holman. you got to keep Holman on this roster. And people always say, well, why would a guy like that leave? You know, he's starting, had a good year. I'm telling you, money talks. Bigger oppor- Whether or not it's a bigger opportunity or not, bigger opportunity in somebody's head matters. You're a seven-win Wisconsin team. Let's say a blue blood who won 10 games comes calling and says, Listen, we think you can add to our depth. We were just in the conference championship game. You're at a seven-win Wisconsin. Come play for a title. Plus, we can offer you a ton of money. I'm not saying Wisconsin can't offer money. I'm not saying Wisconsin can't play for a title. But those are selling pitches that somebody could use to come in and lure a starter from a seven-win team. you got to take the Wisconsin out of it. From a national standpoint, this is Wisconsin this year is a seven-win mid-Big mid Ten team, right? That's the type of school a blue blood could come in and take somebody from. From their standpoint, right? And that's not an unrealistic standpoint. They could sell things right now that the Badgers are, probably aren't quite positioned to sell. Playing for a national title, playing for a conference championship, right? Playing in a bigger market. Everybody has different motivations, right? And by the way, I'm not saying any of these players, I've heard anything. I'm just saying when I look at the roster, I'm like, oh my gosh, they have to make sure they keep these dudes, right? However they can. And you can't obviously lock them in a basement. But Ricardo Holman coming off the season he came off of, with a bunch of young players in the secondary right now. You need that veteran guy. And he's not 
listen, Hallman is not the the six two, you know, runs a four three Ohio State, Alabama prototype who's going to be a number one draft pick, but he's a really solid college cornerback that you can win with. And you need to keep that guy on the roster for the year he had. So Hallman is one of my first ones that comes to mind. Vinny Anthony to me is a really interesting one. And again, when you look at players just historically, right? That, that may be more likely to leave a program. It's guys that are out of state. It's maybe guys that committed to a different coaching staff originally. Anthony's kind of all of that, right? Committed originally, obviously, to the Paul Chris staff. So he's not necessarily a fickle guy. He's an out-of-state kid. This was an offense this year that really struggled throwing the ball. So from a productivity standpoint, he probably – I'd say it's about all receivers. Receivers want to get touches. That's why they're receivers and not defensive backs. Right. So I don't think a lot many outside of Pauling, I doubt many of the receivers are, are completely if you got them in a locked them up in a room and gave them true theorem. I bet you all of them would have said, yeah, I, I would like to get more touches. I, I don't think that's a bad thing whatsoever. You want receivers who want touches. So you start looking at all this and you're like, man, you could see the draw of a guy saying maybe there's greener, greener grass somewhere else. To me, Anthony didn't put up any of the numbers, but like he has a lot of underlying metrics and measurables. Um, that I find really intriguing. I think he has legit deep speed, and he's one of the fastest receivers on the team. He has good size. On a team that has a couple slot guys I really like and a couple bigger physical high-pedigree receivers, guys like uh, Bryson Green, C.J. Williams, what we don't really have is that thoroughbred, right, that six-foot-one, six-foot-two deep-speed vertical guy that can take the top off a of defense. That was kind of Keontes Lewis last year, right, and obviously he left in the portal. They need that piece, that piece – keeps the safeties from, from coming down into the box too much. That piece gives you the ability to take two or three deep shots a game, right? That piece opens up underneath coverage. I think Vinny Anthony could potentially be that piece if you squint enough. I think he's got the size. I think he's got the frame. I think Quincy Burroughs could also be that guy, by the way. But I think Vinny Ant- – but Quincy Burroughs has already transferred once, right? He transferred from Cincinnati to here. So you don't have to worry about guys who have already transferred as much because they have a they have a bigger penalty for transferring the second time. They have to sit out a year. Vinny Anthony, on the other hand, hasn't transferred, committed previously to a different staff, um, didn't see a lot of touch this year. And then you look at what he can do. I think he brings something to this offense that's unique, and he's now becoming kind of a special teams guy. I like him on punt returns. I like him on kick returns. I think he's kind of fearless back there. I like the hands. I like the ability to potentially break one. Vinny Anthony's an interesting one to me. Um, I look at him, and, and that's a guy I hope doesn't, doesn't draw the attention of too many people. Uh, Jamel Howard is another one. I think he's a, a defensive line piece that they're going to count on going forward. Didn't play much this year. Highly recruited kid. Had some real big offers. That's the other one, right? You look at guys who had a lot of interest coming out of high school. If they don't play right away, again, none of this is based on anything I know of any of these kids. I'm just saying a lot of times players that have a Miami offer, which Jamel Howard did, have some of those big, big offers. If they don't play right away, they can start to look at those other offers they had and say, hmm, you know, I, maybe I have other suitors. Jamel Howard, to me, is a big piece of the defense line going forward. He was a huge recruiting win. I was kind of surprised we didn't see him this year. I know he had some injury problems, but he's one that I think you got to hang on to. Austin Brown, to me, is another one. Started to play a little bit this year. Big physical safety. Again, not an in-state kid. Recruited to the previous staff. I think he's a starter next year, potentially, if he stays. Huge, physical, framed, good athlete. Um, I like the tackling ability in open space. You saw some of that this year, even against Ohio State, like when Travion Henderson got loose. Austin Brown was the guy who could physically come up in open field and take him down. I think he's one of the few, honestly, and I I wish I I didn't feel this way, but I think he's one of the few Paul Chris defensive guys I really look forward to seeing more of. 
I hope he stay. Like, I hope there's no interest there from, from other staffs. And then the other one is James Thompson Jr. Um, I, not that I think he, you know, Richard Jr., not that I think he had a great, great year, but you need so much depth on the defense line. You can't lose any of your regular contributors. So he's another guy that I think you got to make sure you hang on to. Um, I don't know how much interest there would be in James Thompson Jr., but I think he's a good player, solid rotational guy. You definitely want to keep as many as possible because you want to be able to go too deep on the defensive line, and the Badgers have not been able to do that for several years, quite frankly. So that's kind of my five that came to mind. Uh, let me know in your comments who you think are players that the Badgers need to ensure that they continue re-recruiting. I had Holman, Anthony Howard, and Thompson Jr., and Austin Brown. You know, some of the spots you're, you know, are players that I'd worry about leaving, except that they transferred in already. A, a guy like Nick Evers. I, I want him to stick around to see if he can hit that potential. But he's already transferred in once. It's harder for those guys to transfer again. Guys like C.J. Williams and Bryson Green have already transferred in once. I don't know if you'd see them transferring again, um, especially not right away. So some of the interest there, I think there's a couple inside linebackers that are young players that have a lot of potential. And Jan C., Aiden Vaughn, I definitely don't want to see those guys anywhere. You know, it's an interesting one is Jake Cheney. Jake Cheney's an interesting one. Now, I don't think he's going anywhere, played a huge role. I think he's a starter next year. I, I think he was my favorite inside linebacker out of the trio that played this year. But where's his dad at? His dad's at Colorado now, right? His dad works for Dion at Colorado, former high school coach. His dad has been on the show. And, and, you know, he talked a lot about how happy he was that Cheney got to experience a coaching change at Wisconsin because change helps you grow as a person and as a man. But you wonder, right, if the opportunity, if it existed to play for his dad, would make be something that'd be tempting for, for um, James Cheney as well. So, Interesting. Um, so that's kind of my list there coming up. I got a bunch of your comments I want to get into. A lot of them about basketball, but also about the portal. That's coming up next on Lockdown Badgers. Let's talk about your comments and bring your thoughts into the show. But first, we're going to take a quick break for our friends of the show over at FanDuel, my favorite place for all of my, my basically all my betting needs, honestly. Uh, it's my favorite sports book, futures, parlays, teasers. It's all there on FanDuel. The thing I love most about FanDuel is it is so easy to use that you don't have to be a betting expert. You don't have to have a lot of experience going to these type of sites and figuring out what you want to do. It's easy. It's all laid out, really simple, really easy to use, really easy to make deposits. And then on top of it, they have all the, the nuance and the depth um, of the deeper betting sites that you know experienced gamblers want. You want to do complex teasers, parlays. It's all there, lines for every sport, every game. It is the best place to do all of your sports betting. Um, and now there's a great offer. New customers get $150 in bonus bets anytime you have a winning $5 money line bet with with any winning money uh, with sorry with your winning $5 money line bet. I apologize. It's $150 if your team wins as a new customer. Visit FanDuel.com/slash/lockdown. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. All right, let's continue going here. Again, I want to get your comments into this because that is one of my favorite parts of the show. Um, this is from Bleed Badgers. He said, you got to look at the games that you're thinking about. Um, when I was I was being a little – critical is the wrong word, but I, I'm not fully bought into the ceiling of this basketball team as much as maybe a Justin is. And, you know, I, I love Justin. I respect the hell out of his opinion. I think he's a little higher on the potential ceiling of this team than I am because I, I remember the Tennessee game, the Providence game, even the Robert Morris game. Um, Bleed Badgers says, you have to look at the games you're thinking about, Tennessee-Providence. Those are early season games. We are getting better as the season goes on. True. I think it's fair. Um, I think that's fair. You know, I, you certainly, and I said this after the lost Providence, by the way, <clears throat> I think I've been pretty consistent. I said, you don't want to make too much of early season games one way or the other. So I agree with this. I'm not trying to make too much of those games, 
But I think the inverse is true. I also don't want to make too much out of beating Marquette or a win against Virginia, right? I still think this team has some question marks, even though I, I absolutely like it way more than last year. I think it's a definite tournament team. I just think there's more of a hard ceiling on this team than maybe some other people do. Marjan Kron says, uh, cool game. Cool game and all fellas, but can we get Connor? I think he's saying, can we get Connor going? There's some angry emojis here. I agree. Like, if that's the point you're making, Marjan, by the way, thank you for the comment. Thank you for everybody making these comments. These are pulled off the YouTube channel. So if you guys ever want to make comments on the show, you can put it there. You can always tweet at me, whatever it is. I 100% agree. Like, this team has to get Connor going. I don't know. Because there's not another consistent score off the bench. It's Blackwell and it's Connor. When Connor's going, that's it. And that's a problem. Right, it's a problem because you're going to have injuries at some point in the year. You need more than six guys that can score the bucket. Like it's just it, it is what it is. You're going to have a game where someone gets hurt. Uh, hopefully, you don't miss months out from somebody, but you're going to have somebody go down. You're going to have somebody with foul trouble. Getting Connor going to me is maybe the biggest linchpin in which way this team goes. Because you, if you get him going, he's a bit of a force multiplier. Connor Asijin is a bit of a force multiplier for the rest of the offense because if he can come off the bench and start dropping threes, you know, 12 points in 15 minutes, get on a bender, get on a heater. Suddenly he, a shooter like that creates so much space for everybody else that he can come in and those other players can then exploit that space. He's a, he's an absolute key to this team in making a deep run in March, in my opinion. And they got to figure it out. <clears throat> this is from Mr. Tacos. He said, if they can keep Edie from planting five feet from the rim, I think they'll blow out Purdue in one or both games. If they just split with Purdue, I think they win the regular season and are flirting with a two or three seed in March. Let's go, Mr. Tacos. Listen, I like the optimism. I, I, I think they can – a two or three – I don't think they can get to a two. I, I think a three seed might be kind of the ceiling. I don't think they win the regular season Big Ten title. I'm not there yet. Um, and to your first point, if they can keep Edie from planting five feet from the rim, they can't. Like, they – they, they're not going to be able to. They don't have the physicality. Stephen Crowell doesn't have the physicality to do that. Very, and that's not a knock on Crowell. Very few people do. I think they can split with Purdue. I don't think that's unrealistic. I think Purdue, Edie's just so hard for the Badgers to deal with, right? And it's it's partially because of what we talked about in the offseason. It's partially because of what we talked about at the beginning of the year. There's not a backup five on this team right now. That's a problem when you're playing as Zach Edie, who's going to get this front court in foul trouble. The, the thing with Edie is he doesn't run the court really hard, but he's pretty well conditioned. He stays on the court. He's going to get your big man in foul, foul trouble. He's going to get Crowell in foul trouble. And we've seen that script over and over again. And it's again, it's not Crowell's fault. Zach Eadie's just kind of a physical freak. It is what it is. Um, I, I, I think you're a little higher on this team than I am, Mr. Tacos, but I love it. I, I would love I would love for this to be right. In, like, if, the, if this team exceeds my ceiling, I'm stoked. Like, I'm, I'm a Badger fan first and foremost. And if it means they're better than I think I, they, they are, that's amazing. I love it. Let's go. This one is from Mark. He said on Braylon, a couple things. Can you imagine if you put his running at the later part of his freshman year and beyond with Alvarez, Ron Dane type offensive lines in that time period? Yeah, Mark, that's a great point. That version of football, that era of football with the offensive line the Badgers had and the way college football's played suited Braylon Allen's game more. Right now, the thing with Braylon is he still would have had to play and, and stay consistently healthy right and that's been a question for two years how healthy can you stay um do you play through the nagging stuff but i don't i think we need to give Braylon a lot of credit as well for playing in a this has not been a great era of wisconsin football the offensive line this has been the worst 
two or three stretch your your stretch of offensive line playing Badger in the last twenty years. Like it just hasn't been up to standards whatsoever. So Braylon's been playing in that. Braylon's been playing in an offensive ecosystem that's been pretty broken. Um, getting multiple coaches, three different running back coaches in three years. I think he exceeded uh, when you look at some of that context. I, I think putting him in a more stable system with a better offensive line in an era of football that was more physical. I agree. He he could have been a freak, and his numbers would probably be much better. Will Hanna says locks batted balls and athleticism worry me as to whether or not he'd be good enough to take Bucky where they want to go. Hundred percent agree. Now I like Locke. I like a lot of things Locke does, and I think he's going to compete this offseason. He has Moxie. He's smart. He has that thing between the ears, which all quarterbacks need. Clearly, he picked up the playbook right away. He came from a great division of Texas football. But the the bottom line with with Braden Locke, he's not that big and he's not that fast. And if you're not the biggest guy and you're not the fastest guy, you have to be so damn good at everything else. And we're just not sure if he is. Like, he didn't take the bull by the horns this year. I'm not saying he can't be. Um, the book is not closed on him whatsoever. But this is why I think you have to go get another quarterback in the portal because nobody, there's nobody you can point to next year and say, I know that dude's, I know that dude's the answer, right? Or I, I'm pretty sure that dude's the answer. It's just question marks. It, I'm, I'm flabbergasted a little bit by people who don't think you need to go get another quarterback because I, I respect the opinions and I could be wrong. But in my opinion, until you think you have an answer quarterback, you've got to keep adding bodies. you got to keep adding to the equation, right? And I don't know if they have an answer yet. So I, I don't think Locke did anything that, to me, says we we can put all of our hopes on him next year. So, and some of it is exactly what Will's saying. Like, I, the physical tools aren't great compared to other high-level Division One quarterbacks. I would agree with that. Thomas Miller said, as great as Klesman was in the first half, he was just as awful in the second half. Yeah. Team show great moxie and finished strong. I agree, Thomas. I, I made a comment in the Discord that uh, Klesman was – putting his best and worst halves of the year into the same game. That first half, he was he was like Reggie Miller. And that second half, he was like, I don't even want to throw a name out there, but he was not, uh, he was not like Reggie Miller. And it was a, it was a moxie win. I agree. Dimitri says, my concern is looking at the bench. Nobody other than Blackwell could score hundred percent. I've said it, Dimitri, hundred percent with you. That's why I've said a couple times, like people continue talking about the increased depth on this team. I think it's oversold a little bit because really there's, when I look at that bench, there's only one guy that comes off the bench right now that I feel makes a real positive impact. There's a bunch of guys that come in and kind of keep the ship steady, which is important by the way, but Kamari McGee, Carter Gilmore had some great minutes in, in the Marquette game. Um, Nolan winter has, has flashes, but the only score I feel confident in right now coming off the bench is Blackwell. And that's a problem. That goes back to the Connor point. Connor has to get engaged somehow. And Enlog? I'm sorry, man. I know I mispronounced that name. But he said Marquette fans are real quiet now. Yeah, let's go. Little brother. Little brother. Um, this one is from Thomas Miller. He said, why can't we develop someone here? I'm so sick of the transfer portal. That's fair. Like, I would say in an ideal world that this thing clicks, Thomas, and thank you for the comment. In an ideal world, the the internal development and recruiting every year fickles here takes on more and more of the team's production. But he just came into a system that didn't have as many players as any of us thought, as he thought. And there needs to be some quick fixes because he can't he can't leave some of these holes going into next year with the schedule. Like 
There's just not the talent there. And it's too hard to count on true freshmen in his first class. That I think it's pretty good to step into those voids immediately and be able to play immediately. So you need some band-aids. You need some steroid injections. I mean, that's the wrong term. Jeez, Louise Ryan. But you need you need some medicine in areas, which is what the portal's gonna do, right? To bandage over, bandage over a couple spots. And then I think the recruiting development continues to take on a bigger and bigger role as Fickles here as his guys get two years in the system, three years in the system, four years in the system, then I think you're going to see the reliance on the portal go down, but it's never going to go away, nor should it, right? Because you can use it to plug holes in the dam, right? That's ideally what the portal's there for. Like, uh, you're a little light at tight end. Let's go get a portal guy from Indiana, which Michigan did, right? You're a little light on the defensive line. Let's let's go get a guy from, I don't know, maybe LSU that's, that's fallen into the too deep. That's where the portal, I think, is going to be for the Badgers, but I think eventually the coaching staff mostly would agree with you, Thomas. They want to develop, they want to recruit, and then they want to use the portal in smaller doses. But I just don't think we're there yet. I think the roster needs too much help. Um, with that, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you, everybody, for making comments. I don't get to all of them, but I really do appreciate it. I read every single one of them, and I thank you so much for making this one of your first listens every day. Lots of content coming up. You have no idea. Some I have some really fun guests lined up both before signing day, after signing day. So continue to stay tuned to the channel. I really do appreciate all y'all on Wisconsin and let's go.